Welcome back to another episode of Into the Airbnb, where we talk with Airbnb hosts about their short-term rental experience. Today's guest is Molly McConnell from Delta, Colorado, who has been an Airbnb host since 2017 and is managing a very particular listing, an old school building that she turned into her own residence. Today, she'll share her experience with home sharing and how it is like to sell a place, not only as a short-term rental, but also as an experience. So, without further ado, let's get into it. So, can you tell us how did you get started with your first Airbnb listing? Um, you know, we bought a big old house and we just decided we had just about 2,000 square foot upstairs that we never used. And it just kind of made sense that we'd been here for a couple of years. It just made sense to try to Airbnb it. So it's a home share and uh, it's worked very well. Good to hear about it. And um, so far, how has been your experience with the home sharing? Very good. Have not had one bad experience yet. And I'm thankful for that. This is our fifth year. That's great. What kind of guests do that type of listing usually attract, at least in your area? Most of our guests um, are passing through the area. We don't get very many long-term guests. I'd say on average, they spend one to two nights. We're in a very rural area. So we get people that are going from, say, Denver to Utah or to southwestern Colorado. Um, and, yeah, they spend a couple of nights with us and love it. And then we send them on their way, refreshed. So you're the only home sharing uh, listing in the in your area, in your city? I have to think about that. Um, I think there might be one more in Delta. Most mm -hmm. of the listings around here are whole house listings, separate unit. Oh, and compared to them, uh, would you say that with your listing, you're doing a good amount of revenue by comparing to the whole houses? Mm, that's a hard call, Delia. I think a lot of people when they travel are looking for a whole house. We do not accept animals. So I think that could be a factor too. Um, I do believe that what draws people to us is the history of the building itself. It's an old schoolhouse that was built in the early 1900s. So oh. we get people that were actually teachers or are still teachers or people that are interested in old architecture that, draws them to us. So you get to mention that, for example, in your Airbnb description or name, so people know what it is about and get attracted yeah. by that? Yes, it's it's called the Columbine Schoolhouse. And our oh. first picture that they see shows a picture of the, the building. And I think that draws a lot of people. Do you offer anything like an experience? Do you usually walk them through the property or tell them the, the story of the, the property? Yes, we do. I greet every guest when they get here 
and mm-hmm. break them upstairs. And as I'm showing them around their suite, I give them basically the history of the school itself. And it sat vacant for, I'd say, about 30 years before someone actually bought it and refurbished it. And they took the roof off of the original schoolhouse and added a whole second story, which is the guest suite. Oh, and do you mind sharing uh, how much did you bought it for? Um, let's see. We bought it in 2012 for $250,000. Okay. Um, now I'd like to make you some questions regarding the area you're hosting. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. So in your area, how is the seasonality like? Seasonality here in our specific area, I'd say that's within an hour drive of of where we live. High season is basically mid-April through mid-November, maybe the first of November, depending on on when winter actually sets in. And then very sporadically from mid-November through mid-April, we'll get a few guests here and there. I keep the listing up mostly for those people that are traveling through. And if there's bad weather or, you know, just a spur of the moment trip, they've got an option. Okay, great. And is your listing only listed on Airbnb or do you use other platforms? I do a little bit of marketing on Facebook and Google. They can find me easily on a Google search. And do you get good guests from those um, sites as well? Not much from Facebook. I've gotten a few from Google. Um, I think word of mouth really helps a lot. And Mm -hmm. I'll bet probably 15 to 20% of our guests are referrals from friends and other people that we know around here. Yeah, the word of mouth really goes well in these occasions. Indeed. Mm -hmm. So for your listing, what would be your pricing strategy? When I started, I basically did a an Airbnb search as a guest of all of the places that were within 45 minutes of our home. And I just did a spreadsheet of what amenities were offered, how many people they slept, if they allowed pets, um, looked through their reviews, looked at their availability prices, obviously. And uh, that was how I came up with, when I started, I wanted to be on the low end of the prices. And I've since come up probably in the last two years, I've brought my prices up probably 30%. Seems the more I charge, the more quality guests I get, shall we say. Yes, 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 I understand. It happens usually. And have you tried using any pricing solution for that? I have not. Um, I follow a blog and follow a couple of Facebook pages for other hosts. Mm -hmm. 
and it sounds to me like I think I hit the sweet spot by doing it the way that I did as opposed to Price Labs or anybody like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, in a real area, I bet there's not too much pricing research to do. Yeah, there's not. You hit that <laughs> on the head. <laughs> uh, so can you tell us, you, you told me you were um, a host since 2017, right? Yep. So as an Airbnb host, what have been your top challenges? I would say, especially with us being a home share, we want people to realize that we are a home share. They do not have the entire house. And it's more mm -hmm. my my challenge, I think, would would be to make sure that the guests have read through the listing to make sure they know exactly what they're walking into as opposed to just reserving and then not not caring anything about the property. And so, yeah, I would say guests that don't read through the description is probably my biggest challenge. Oh, and you had some troubles with those guests before? No, we've had one couple that was surprised, actually, as soon as they got out of their car. And this was in our first year. Um, mm -hmm. They got out of the car and didn't realize that it was a shared property. And they were okay with it. They still left us a great review, and they were happy campers when they left. But it has made me change my my strategy when people reserve now one of the mm -hmm. first responses that I have to them is to make sure that they've read the entire listing and that they do understand it's a, a shared home. Yeah. That sounds like a good move from you because um, I mean, if it's not in your title, people should read the description at least. Yeah. I, I see that a lot of, a lot of hosts have that same frustration, shall we say, as far as mm -hmm. guests not reading house rules or anything like that. And I'm very specific to to not show that it's it's not a shared kitchen. Our kitchen downstairs is is not for the guest use without special permission. They've got a kitchenette in the suite. Mm -hmm. And then I've also got a barbecue grill out on one of the decks that they can use. And I, again, reiterate that when I walk them through the suite and familiarize them. Okay, so you didn't have any problem with that either? Everyone so far understood that? Yes. Okay, great then. Um, can I ask about your listing? You manage all about it, like the um, cleaning, etc. Yes, I do all the cleaning myself. Mm -hmm. I do have a, a friend that also has an Airbnb in the area. If I run into a bind, she can come in and, and clean for me. Um, that's very rare. Other okay. than that, I manage manage listings and all the reservations and cleaning myself. Okay, so it's not too much work? No, not at all. It's uh, I'm retired, so mm -hmm. that made a big difference. I retired last year and ran it for almost four years on my own while I was working full-time. And, um, yeah, I just got to the point where... 
I didn't want to work for the post office anymore, and I just wanted to run my Airbnb. Oh, great. Um, everyone who lives with you, if you live with someone else, agrees with the home shared Airbnb? Yes. It's just my husband and I, and he was on board when I told him that I would really like to try it, and it's just been so successful that we're both happy when we get guests. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's great. So lastly, any tips that you would like to share for other Airbnb hosts, especially for the ones in remote areas or doing home sharing like you? I think one of the big tips that I was would have is communication with the guest so they know exactly what to expect when they get to your property. Don't wait until they get here to communicate with them about anything that's needed. And uh, to always remember that we are in the hospitality industry. We're there to make people happy and make sure they know exactly how we can help them and anything they need. We are at their disposal for their stay. That's right. I agree with that as well. So that would be it for today. Uh, thank you for your time and thank you for sharing with us your story. Thank you, Delia. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Into the Airbnb. We're looking for hosts and other people in the short-term rental industry to interview. If you have what we need and would like to share your experience in this podcast, please send us an email. All the info is at the end of the description.